Welcome to the Connect Community Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. We're so glad to have you with us today. If you're ever in our area, come see us in person. We hope today's message inspires you and helps you live better. If you're with us today, uh, we're so glad that you joined us. We're continuing our series. This is part four of um, our series, How to Belong. And Alini and I were thinking about today's message and we're like, why don't we share? Let's sit together and just have a conversation with everyone talking about this strong aspect of gratitude because this is typically our Gratitude Sunday where we take time to be grateful and share different experiences. But we thought that it's there's an important lesson in the process of gratitude when it comes to belonging because every one of us want to belong. We want to be part of a context, part of a life that is meaningful, that is full, that is, um, you know, contextualized and it's in, in here in a, in a, in a well, well, uh, um, what am I looking for here? Established? My hands are explaining what I'm <laughs> trying to say. Design. Yes, a well-established, a well... Um, functioning? Yeah, my brain is not functioning today. Um, cohesive, you know, uh, uh, a, an environment where you're a part of, but you belong to, and it's, it's, um, it, it's, it's important for all of us that we get to that point in life. And um, what happens sometimes is along the way, um, there can be a disconnect between belonging and gratitude. So that's what you know, we wanted to offer today, right? Because yes. gratitude should be a part of belonging, is an essential part of belonging. Yes. Right? And I'm yet to find a person who says, I don't want to belong to anything. Yeah. No, oh, I think that's innate in us, which is why there's so much division, right? In yeah. society, you see groups and groups and groups because everybody's searching for belonging. Yeah. Be can, can you really belong to a context or a relationship that you're not grateful for? That you're you don't there's no gratitude toward. You know, can you really belong in a, a job environment, for example, that you're not grateful for? I mean, you're there, but do you belong? Right? Can you belong to a family that you're not grateful for? So gratitude and belonging are connected. But if we break down gratitude, what would you say gratitude is? Gratitude is a response, right? Gratitude um, is always a response to something. It is dependent on something else, right? It's, yeah. um, it's um, have you ever been in a situation where you either told, you were told to be grateful and you feel like you should be grateful for it, but deep and honestly inside you weren't grateful for it? I've had situations like not, not, not with me. No, never. Okay. <laughs> never. <laughs> Just never. kidding. Um, yeah, but there's. Have you ever been there? Like, okay, like I'm supposed to be grateful for. Yeah, but, but honestly, like I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> but like. I'm and so I can't change that. I'm supposed like to be okay. Yeah. Moms have this. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm I, maybe it's just me. But you're supposed to be grateful for that moment when the baby is crying because they're baby and they're a child and you love them. But you're grateful for that moment because you have a child, right? But at that moment, you want to be like, "Shut up, kid. I just want to sleep." Right? You're supposed to, like a simple example. Maybe it's just me. I'm the only mom that thinks that way. But, like, you are supposed to be grateful all the time, and you know you're supposed to be grateful, but there's a dissonance. There's a dissonance yeah. inside where, like, like, really at this moment, if I'm honest, yeah. I'm not grateful for this. Yeah. And typically yeah. how we deal with it is, like, all right, I should be grateful. I, sh I know I should be grateful. So you say the words, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. 
trying to convince myself that I'm grateful. But honestly, the feeling is not there. What you have is dissatisfaction because you feel like something's wrong. There's a disconnect between your life and you know that you're blessed here. But in your heart, it's like, I don't feel like it. I don't think I am. And, and so what is that? What is that thing? What is that problem? Well, the disconnect um, often comes in because the root, if you're honest, the root and the genuine of, of the root of gratitude, the main component of gratitude is where your value lies. Yeah. Right? If you're honest. And so when there is that disconnect, it is often your values are not lining up with what you're supposed to be grateful for. Right? There's a dissonance right there. Like what you actually value and what you're, somebody's telling you to be grateful for or what you feel you should be grateful for, those two things are not actually lining up. Yeah. And that's, that's a problem that we all deal with. There's always like a, a, some kind of tension, some kind of, of dissonance between what we value and what we're grateful for. What we should be grateful for and what we're actually grateful for don't always line up. And that's because your, your gratitude, what you know you should be grateful for, is over here, but your values are over here. So you have to deal with the root, because if gratitude is a response, what are you responding to? And so there's this disconnect between what you should, that's outside of yourself, right? That either because of your environment, your family, or maybe because you know there's a higher truth. That's why we're here today. We'll believe that God is the truth, and He reveals His truth to us. Or, uh, you know, that, that dissonance happens because our values are not aligned with any of those other values. Now, we know that the higher value is God's value, but it also happens in work environments and in home life. And so if you live in that dissonance, eventually something's got to give. Yeah. You're not going to be able to, to live in that conflict forever. It's going to wear you out, right? Yeah. So what's one way that we respond to this dissonance so there's a couple of ways right one way in which you respond is you change um, you you reframe you reframe your I'm trying to think of which one I'm gonna go with it's <laughs> <was> like wait <laughs> um, you reframe your the gratitude right you reframe gratitude to align with what you currently value so you um, It's when you let go. So typically when your gratitude is not lining up with your values, you feel guilty because you feel, man, I should be grateful for this, but I'm not. Have you ever been there? Like, man, I should be grateful. And then you feel guilty. And now instead of grateful, you're guilty. So how do you resolve that? Well, no, I'm not going to be grateful. They're wrong. I'm not going to be grateful because my values are right. And so you adjust your gratitude, right? Mm -hmm. To your value. Yeah, you, you, change your, you change your personality. You change yeah. your inside to match what, what you're valuing. So, like, society is telling you, you know, you need to value family, let's say. Society mm -hmm. doesn't tell you that. But let's say yeah, yeah. society is telling you you need to value family and you should be grateful. And you go, you know what? I don't like what's happening in my house. I don't yeah. like my partner. I don't like. So, no, you know what? It's not. I'm not going to be grateful for that. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and... Just dismiss this, yeah. and I'm going to live with what I feel inside yeah. I want to live. And yeah, I should be grateful for my wife, or I should be grateful for my friend. No. But guess what? I'm not. They're not acting right, right? 
So what happens is if you do that, you're lining up, you're bringing your gratitude to your values, and that, what that means is you are now the center. And it sounds nice because you're taking care of number one. It sounds nice because you're taking care of yourself. You're taking care of your emotions. Well, and, and they may first, be wrong. They may they, actually yeah. be wrong, which makes you feel like you're right even more. Yeah. Because they might be doing something, you know, in whatever situation, whether it's in your job or in your family or wherever else, they might actually be doing stuff wrong. But yeah. instead of you looking for the good and appreciating and being grateful for that, instead you kind of go, you know what? I'm going to wash my hands yes. because they are wrong and I'm right. And when that becomes a matter of principle but not the situation, right? Because what happens is then becomes a principle. I'm going to do this. I'm going to react the same way and resolve this conflict the same way in every situation. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to submit myself or analyze or maybe consider. I'm just going to apply the same type of thought process. And that becomes a template for how you live. And if that becomes a template for how you live in the long haul, what does that develop? Develops self-righteousness because you become the center. You become your own God. You become the center of value. You become the center of what is right and what is wrong. And who wants to live with somebody like that? No one. That's what we call narcissists. Yeah. Nobody, right? You don't want to live with somebody who's always uh, evaluating the world according to their own values. You can't belong. You can't really. So that's one way of resolving that conflict. There's another way of resolving that conflict. And that's when you surrender. Do the opposite. Yeah, right? when you take a look at yourself and go, well, maybe the problem is my value system. Maybe the problem is I'm not grateful for this because I'm actually not looking at it with the right lens, or maybe I'm not considering what it actually means or where it's going to lead, or you know that that a little bit of discomfort for me right now yeah. um, is okay, right? I might have to adjust. I may need to change. Yeah. Maybe I'm not grateful because I'm being a little proud. I'm being a yeah. little, you know, selfish. <coughs> I'm being a little w whatever. And you take a good look at yourself and you go, maybe the error is within and I need to adjust. Yeah. So these are typical, typically the two ways that you resolve that dissonance. But the truth is that so many people, they, they, um, they lean toward the first way and they don't even know. Because that's our natural tendency. Mm -hmm. Our natural tendency is to protect ourselves, to enclose ourselves, and to, and to protect ourselves from hurt, from pain, from disappointment. And the way that you do that is to look at what pleases you. Now, we're not saying that you should expose yourself, but there is a way for you to align your values uh, to, so that there's no dissonance between the two. But again, are you just going to align your values to what you're supposed to be grateful? What determines that? So here now you enter into a much deeper process of, of establishing value. Because gratitude is a response. It's not like you should be grateful. Yeah, well, what determines what I should be grateful for? That's really the question. And this is where we wanna, what we want to explore today. Yeah, Jesus calls yeah. that your treasure. Exactly. Right? Wherever your treasure is, there is also your heart. Yeah. Um, you have an example of this. Yeah, have you ever met somebody that you know they have great potential? They have a great mind, but for some reason they keep treasuring the wrong things. They keep valuing the wrong things and they keep running into trouble. Have you ever met somebody like that? Don't elbow the person next to you if that's the... No, no, it's not. 
uh, if you're here, you made the wrong, the right choice. So you're, 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 you're hopefully you're not this deep. I'm going to give you a very dramatic example that I saw in my family. I had an uncle who, man, he was so smart. This guy had a brilliant mind, but everybody knew the potential that he had. But early in his life, he started hanging out with the wrong crowd. And in that moment, his treasure, his values got reframed. And so he didn't practice this. And so as his life progressed, he started uh, you know, getting involved in the world of crime and you know, it's he one was choice after another. One right? choice after another. Little by little, you know, he's stealing something over here, using drugs over here, and being part of parties over here. And he tried to lead a double life where he could like still have a family life. So he got married, had kids, and was doing these things on the side. Eventually, these these things that he treasured overtook the values that he was brought up with, and he lost custody of his kids. Needless to say, he got divorced and. And really, that became his main life. Um, and he had, he tried. He had ideas, he had, but everything that was good that he tried to invest in didn't prosper. Why? Because he still treasured that lifestyle that was destructive. Ultimately, that's what he pursued. And so, I remember there was a season in his life where he tried by his own strength to stand up and do what is right and um, I was probably in that in that time I was probably 10 years old and I remember him you know I'm gonna go to church and married again and had a couple kids again and and he was really trying and but he never addressed this problem in his heart of the dissonance of values still he treasured the wrong things he was just fighting against it and he lived in this dissonance of I should be grateful but I am actually not but I'm going to pretend to be and see if I can get my life right here. He was never delivered. He was never transformed. He was never set free because he still held those, you know, getting high and, and being with the, crowd, the, the wrong crowd. He still thought that that was fun and that's what he really wanted to do. He never let go. Well, later in his life, he really became uh, taken by a life of addiction and um, it was a point, he was 53 years old when he passed, but the last experience he had was uh, he was with his party friends at his place, and he felt like something was wrong with his body. And this is very, um, it was an incredible story, because we all as a family were like, man, he was so strong. He was like, he felt like something was wrong, so he told his friends, I'm going to take the bus, I'm going to go to the hospital and check myself in, because there's something wrong. And... Uh, and so this is down in Brazil, so you know, healthcare system is a little bit different. And and then he told them, this is what he told them. The way you've watched me live, it's no life. Don't live like I've lived. Don't do what I've do, what I've done. God is the truth. You gotta go to the church in his simple way, he was saying. You got to listen to the preacher. You got to do what they what they say. It's a guy who grew up in church and lived against it his whole life, but he's telling his friends, "Listen, the way that I've lived is not the right way. You got to treasure the right things." Basically, that's what he was saying. And he got on the bus. He went to the hospital, checked himself in, never came out. 
His body just couldn't take it. And uh, died in that conflict. I mean, a waste of life. So my heart here today, our heart here today is to encourage each one of us because obviously that's an extreme story. He went really deep. And, and for those of us who think that we can hit bottom, then you cannot hit bottom. There's always the, the, the pit has no bottom. Hell has no bottom. Suffering has no bottom. And you think you've hit rock bottom if you give yourself to enough trouble, enough of the wrong values, you can still go further deep into it until your life ceases to exist because because as, as the scripture says, the wage of the sin is death. death. And it doesn't start at death. No. It's important for us to realize this, that it didn't start there for his uncle no. and it doesn't start there for us. Yeah. It's a series of compromises that, are, that create dissonance internally. Yeah. So you, we all start out valuing the right stuff as children. Think about what children value. They value joy, they value time, they value having fun, mm. they value love. They value your presence, your company, right? Children don't value drugs. They yeah. value the right things. And so we all are come up in this manner where we're value, our value system are somewhere, is somewhere in the right place. Yeah. And then with a series of decisions that we make along the way, that dissonance grows, right? And we tend to go and start to treasure things that lead us into a perishing yeah. life or, you know, an ungrateful life. Yeah. So let's go to the scripture. Jesus talked about our treasures in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 21. I think we have it on the screen for you. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves and break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Obviously, Jesus is talking about material things versus immaterial things. He's talking about things of earth versus things of heaven. He's talking about lower things versus higher things. And we should treasure in our hearts higher things. The things that are above. The things that are from above. Now, we all have the temptation of treasuring things that are from earth, don't we? If we're honest, like this is a season. I mean, we just went through Black Friday. I know a lot of people that treasure the iPhone. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's Black Friday is a celebration of treasures on, the, on earth, right? Mm -hmm. um, in a way. So Jesus is calling our attention to say, you know, it's important for us to pay attention to what we treasure. It's important for us to, to understand what we treasure. Yes, right? and treasure determines placement, right? That's really good. A treasure determines placement. In your life, your belonging, your gratitude, your gener generosity will flow out of what you treasure. So if yeah. you treasure family, for instance, you will place them first in your time. You will place them first in, you know, how how you spend your money. You will place them first in, you know, what yeah. they get. Do they get the last of your attention? Do they get the first of your attention? Like, that's what treasure, you're treasuring something just to, this just means what kind of placement you give it yeah. in your life. So if you're trying to resolve that dissonance, for you to be genuinely grateful for the right things, you ought to treasure the right things. Right? You, had a, you ought to uh, open your heart to treasure the right things. So here's the question for you today. What do you treasure? What are your treasures? We all have treasures. That's why Jesus spoke about it. We all have treasures. What do you treasure? What sits at the highest point 
in your in your mind in your value system and you can't pretend no gratitude right yeah uh, you can't pretend to to be grateful for something or to treasure something when you don't so when you ask yourself that question yeah. be honest with yourself i mean nobody's going to read your notebook <laughs> yeah. Right to to see where your value lies. Like what what where am I spending my time? Where am I spending my like where, yeah. you know, when you do that kind of inventory thing, um, what you actually treasure? Be honest with yourself and who gets priority in your life. I don't know if you've ever been through situations in life, and we're getting real with some some stories here. Um, I have a, a family situation that happened a few years ago um, from my mom's side. Um, extended family there was a um, person who passed away had some goods um, and typically when somebody passes away there's a season of honor there's a season of pain and loss but it's it's typically a good season of remembering and and honor and love and the family comes together and um, that's what happened and man this person was genuinely so important to our family then came time to divide the inheritance and I don't know if you've had that happen to your family but so often when there's money on the table and the claws come out have you ever had that happen in your family like people you know somebody dies they leave an inheritance and there's a period of respect and then we go to court and then we fight and then because everybody wants a piece of it this talks about treasure. Jesus encountered somebody in that situation. And so I want to read you Jesus' response to that because in th those are the moments where really our values come out, right? And some of us might say, I would never go through something like that. I would never do that. But you never know until you're in it. And so Luke chapter 12, <coughs> Jesus had someone in the crowd that said to him, Teacher, tell my brother... Tell him to divide the inheritance with me. This was probably, scholars believe that this was probably a younger brother talking to the, the firstborn because the firstborn in those days had the right of, to the inheritance and they, he had the, the right to do with it whatever he wanted to do with it. And so this is probably a younger brother telling Jesus, Jesus, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Jesus said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? I'm not your judge. And then he said to them, and now he, he starts a lesson that's backed up by a parable. Now, a parable is not a real story, not something that actually happened. It's a story that has truth. The, the point of the story is true. He said to them, Take care. And be on your guard against all covetousness. That's basically envy. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. If we all live by this one, one maxim of Jesus right here, life would be much more peaceful in our, in our families, in our lives. Just think about that for a moment. Life does not consist in the abundance of one's possessions. He continues. And he told them a parable saying... The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What should I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, 
soul you have ample goods laid up for many years relax eat drink be merry basically i'm going to retire with a fat bank account but god said to him fool the judge from the lord fool this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared whose will they be Hmm. so is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God what makes you rich toward God Jesus is teaching us a profound lesson here on not only what to value but how to apply the resources that we have and every single one of us we have two main resources you know what they are Two main resources that lead your life, that guide your life, that guide how you live in the world today. You want to tell them? Dun, 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 dun. Time. Yes. Money. Mm. Those are our major resources, right? We have our time, where we give our attention, where we give um, that no one has more and no one has less very interesting right what you do with 24 hours a day and some people you look at them they accomplish so much they must have extra no they have the same amount of time right time and money yeah those are our two main and so you will review what you treasure this is how you can assess what you treasure you don't know how you, what you treasure watch how you spend your time watch it why you spend your time the way you spend your time and the second question is, you want to know what you treasure? What you do for money? And how you spend your money? What you're willing to do for money. That's a big one. Why you do what you do for money as well. Right? Is it for lower things? Or is it for higher things? To be rich toward God does not mean that you don't care about the things of the earth. It means and that it doesn't you prioritize. Mean you can't have a 401k. Yeah, right? it doesn't mean. Because yeah. you look at the parable of the rich young ruler and you think, oh my gosh, I'm saving money for my retirement. Am I wrong? Yeah. No, that's not what it's saying. It's not saying that it's wrong to have a uh, yeah. savings account or have a retirement yeah. plan. That's not it. But where your placement, again, is placement of God. Where does God come in that picture? Yeah. Is he first place in that picture, or yeah. is he, you know what, I'm going to take care of myself, God, and I'm not going to worry about you providing or taking care of me. Yes. Right? We rely on ourselves instead of relying on God for, uh, for all of it. Yes. Jesus was questioned by the religious leaders quite often in his ministry on earth. And typically he would break their argument because they were always trying to catch him, right? But there was this one time when they asked him, Lord, what is, or Jesus, what is the most important law, like the highest, the highest uh, uh, commandment in the law? And that's the one time where Jesus answered what they expected, what they wanted him to answer. And if you remember, it was, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And you'll love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. You think about it like God saying, you got to love me. 
That's an odd thing to say, isn't it? If you grew up in church, you're, you're accustomed to that. But think about it. Gods don't ask for your love. They ask for your submission. They ask for your respect. They ask for your obedience. But they don't care what you love. Yet God, the God of the Bible, says you, you ought to love me. Love me. Man, what is the consequence of loving God? What does loving God do to you? Why would God ask you to love Him? To treasure Him. Really, that's what He's saying. Treasure me with all your heart. Treasure me with all your mind. Treasure me with all your strength. Treasure me with all your soul. And the effect of that is that it will begin to reframe your values. It will begin to reframe your mind, reframe your soul, reframe your strength and how you apply your life. You'll be mindful of godly things. You'll be mindful of what God is mindful of. You'll be mindful of what God cares about. And the truth is that so many of us are seeking to be godly. Without, the world wants to be godly. Without God. Yeah, you can't be godly without God. It sounds obvious when you say it, but how many people are seeking love? Peace. Right? How many people are seeking um, the attributes of God? Patience, kindness, goodness, mercy. That's what the world wants. But you can't have it without God. Yeah. And in this, it's, it's interesting, right? In this walk yeah. too with, with God, with Jesus, we want to produce the behavior sometimes without God, right? We want to act, like we want to value the right things. We want to. Yeah. I think genuinely all of us want to value the right things and we want to belong and we want to be grateful people. But we want to do yeah. it on our own without the companion, without treasuring God. And without treasuring God, you can't treasure the things that are his attributes, yeah. right? And so we must really, it's the act of pursuing God and loving God will bring about the effects of the other things. Yeah. And Jesus knew that. He knew that. Right? He knew that. Here's what you realize. Whatever you treasure will determine how you deal with other things. And what you learn from the scripture is that if you treasure money, if you treasure your material things, it'll make other things their object. Does that make sense? If you treasure the wrong things, everything else becomes an object of consumption. So, if you treasure, let's say you treasure um, getting ahead in your career, success, money. Your relationships will become an object. Your family will become an object. And, and everything else around you will become an object of, con of consumption so that you can achieve what you treasure. Everything else becomes an object so that you can continue to treasure that thing. That's how idols are elevated. But the difference is that when you treasure the Lord, when you treasure God, He transforms your heart. The scripture says that He takes out your heart of stone and He gives you a heart of flesh. What is that? He gives you a heart that is, that is sensitive and tender for the things of God. And so our encouragement for you today is that if you, if you want to be grateful for the right things so that you can belong to the right things, the number one thing you've got to keep in your heart 
is to treasure the right things. And you have to start with treasuring the Lord, treasuring God, treasuring his kingdom, treasuring his ways. And if you put that first, everything else will come into line. Yes. Right? Final encouragement from Pastor Alini. (laughs) Agreed. Yeah. It's not that difficult. Right. I just I do want to say it's not that difficult. And all it takes is um, maybe it's not that simple. But well, it, sometimes well, it's difficult. Well, <laughs> what I'm saying is all it uh, it grows within yeah. you. Right. You won't wake up tomorrow. and like, oh, my God, the Lord is a treasure of everything. <laughs> right. Like it's it's more of, hey, today I'm going to place God first. And all that is, is yeah. look, look towards God. In everything that you yes, you do, in every decision you're going to make, just do a little shift and look towards God, and then go about whatever you need to do. Right? It's a little shift in perspective, will make you all of a sudden the compound effect of that will you'll see that God is your treasure with the little shifts. Yeah. You know, so they don't have to overhaul your whole life in one day. You know. Yeah. <laughs> We're so grateful for you guys. Grateful for your life. Grateful for the fact that. Um, you're here today, and what, what you being here today communicates to not only me but to God is that you want your life to be a light. You want your life to represent and to um, emit the right kind of presence, the right kind of emotion, the right kind of energy, the right kind of um, values in the world. And I believe that God is transforming you. Because you being here is you treasuring God. You being here is you putting God first. You being in a community of believers that, who are looking to better one another. It's, it's why the scripture says you should, not forget the, you should not forsake the assembly of the righteous. Something happens when you come together with other people. Your world expands. It becomes bigger than yourselves, right? We were talking about self-righteousness earlier. That's a very small world. It's a very concentrated world. Your life, what you like, what you want, what you're worried about, what you're hurting from, what you are suffering, man, that's a small world, and it's a consuming world. But when you open your mind and you open your relationships and you open your heart and you open your, your spirit and you open your soul, open your soul to love another, to care for another, to get to know someone, you know, to actually take the step and say, hey, what's your name? What do you like? What are you interested in? And you begin a conversation where you, you, you connect genuinely to that person. Your world expands. And now you're in a process of belonging where you can only receive from that person, but you can give. And that, I believe, is a transformative power of the life of Christ because even when you feel like you need the Lord so much for the things that you're going through, He can use you to bless somebody else. Even while you're going through your difficulties, you can strengthen somebody, you can lift somebody, you can give Him peace, joy, love because you're not operating in your power, you're operating on the power of God. And so that's what we're believing for you every time you come to these doors, every time you tune in online, every time you're part of this community, that God is strengthening you and he's giving you faith for the battle ahead. You're strong in the Lord and you are mighty by his power. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you have a prayer request, a question about faith, or would like to find out more information on Connect Community, visit us at connectcommunity.org. Don't forget to subscribe and share. See you next time.